0: If I Could Tell You Just One Thing, presented by me, Mel Noakes.
1: And me, Max Fellows. If I Could Tell You Just One Thing is a brand new event industry podcast brought to you by Elevate.
0: It's where industry leaders write a letter to their younger self and consider what wise advice they would give themselves now if they only could. Our discussion is based all around this letter. Be prepared for refreshingly honest, sincere conversations and some wise words of wisdom.
1: This podcast is powered by Wanda, an independent specialist creative events agency who are reimagining what's possible across the business experiences. And We hugely appreciate their support in bringing this series and podcast to life.
0: So our first guest needs no introduction. He's a huge friend of Elevate. It is the amazing Jonathan Emmons. He's the global CEO and founder of Amplify, global CEO of Wonder and Seed, and has worked with the likes of Google, YouTube, Airbnb, Nike, Facebook. I mean, you name them, they've worked with them. He's been joining the dots between people, brands and culture for over 15 years.
1: This session is absolute gold dust because we get to know the man behind the brand and we get to hear about the highs and lows of running one of the most successful agencies in the events industry. It's so good you're not going to want to miss any of it.
0: So, hey, Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us today. We are so delighted to have you. This is going to be a great chat.
2: Very nice to be here.
0: So, for the benefit of people that might not know you and Amplify, tell us a little bit about you and Amplify and what you guys do.
2: Okay, Uh, I'm Jonathan. I'm the founder of Amplify. We're a creative agency uh, specializing in experience and culture, in going of about fifteen years now, so that feels uh, <laughs> for an agency that kind of cut its teeth on cutting edge youth, that feels quite old. Um, I'm currently the global CEO, but my heart's creative, so very much everything I do is about making space for the the, the creative and the big ideas and the thoughts. So very much uh, approaching it in that way. Very easy to hand over the studio when we found people that can run it much better than I could as well. So again, that's probably a trait that runs through is like uh, finding where I can be useful and kind of joining the dots.
0: Nice.
1: But still loving it. The same as you were then. That right. edge level creative.
2: ever more, ever so passionate about it, and even more so when I was slightly involved with the day-to-day creative and ideas. You can't, you can't really cheerlead them along. Whereas right. now, now obviously <laughs> the, the, the team's obviously a bit bigger now. We're about two hundred people now. There's so much work coming through, so good, so on point, and I can really be the uh, the, the official cheerleader for all the all the amazing work. Pom poms and all. To, yeah. Maybe some days and things. Well, do, like do you, there you find as that well.
1: glance over the shoulder of going, oh, that's a nice yeah. piece of work? I
2: mean, I'm still, I still like you know, every kind of response pitch that goes out. I've always got my eyes on that. We've had a couple of other agency. We've got sibling agencies, uh, Seed, who are student uh, student Gen Z specialists, um, and then Wonder, who are kind of reimagining the world of B two B and B two E. And again, just again seeing the amazing work and how that's developing. And one of the best bits of the job is just a getting to see the kind of responses. But again, also when those campaigns or shoots or experiences go live actually seeing seeing them go out in the world we always talk about when we started it was the pub test you know, it's like if people were talking about the work we did our mates were talking about it and um, didn't know we did it that was the the tick it's like you know obviously we set proper KPIs and I was going to say full di- on ROI measures I mates talk about it in the on pub. the personal one there <laughs> And as we've got bigger, I just think we try, try uh, and got more global. It's just about them uh, talking about it in more pubs around the world as uh, there as well. So, yeah, super, you know, so proud of the the work that the guys do.
0: It's amazing to see a founder still so hands-on and being, but also knowing when to step back because that's quite an art, yeah. isn't it? To to still have your ability to shape the creative that makes it feel like it's coming out of the same studio and space, but like you say, make space for the creatives and the people that run it and know what they're doing.
2: Again, you know, the... The world's full of so many talented people. I think we've got quite an unusual mix of talent in there. So again, definitely all the traditional roles you'd expect in there. But architects, coders, a real mix. And not only that, all their passions they bring in. Quite often when we're recruiting people, it's as much about what they're doing outside of work as well as inside. Because again, if you're passionate about things or doing interesting things, you can bring all those passions in. And that that makes a happy team, makes the work better. We've you know for a long time we didn't have an in-house creative team i had i had a fear of having a house style you know i see it happen to other agencies where um you do something amazing and then another client goes cool, can i have a version of that can i have a version of that and very quickly it all kind of looked samey so for the for the early part of the journey it was very much about working with those creative communities that we were trying to reach out to i think that that worked really well because firstly i think it makes it part of the marketing campaign but secondly nuance wise it makes sure very very hard to be the nuance to be off when you've done it in a collaborative thing rather than surprising people with the launch moment on campaign campaign day going out we come when we went through a middle phase where we kind of got a bit more of a team but more about the agility and doing stuff and then finally we realized a lot of the best ideas were, you know, all the best ideas, and the strategic thinking was coming from inside the buildings, but in collaboration. So even though we've grown the studio now, Jev's coming to to run that with the strategy side of staff, Minty and Sophie doing a great great job there. I think it's very much every time we have a brief, we have two clients, the brands that give us the killer briefs, but the audience is there trying to engage. And for us, that's a good day in the office is when we've got a triple win. We managed to tick off the, the client's brand and business objectives. The creative communities have got something that's enriched and more than they would do. It's not just putting a logo on something. And as uh, as a team and an agency, we've got a body of work that we're all super proud of and really, 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 really happy to get out the door.
0: Nice.
1: I've got two things. The first being... There's a bit of, I suppose, blushing moment is that the, the pub test and things. I think it's safe to say in the last probably five years or so that Amplify has been the agency. So congratulations on that. And
2: to the team. There you
1: go, to the team even. But you also mentioned something there, and I suppose this almost leads us a bit back to the beginning in a way, is around that passion piece. And and I know, and you know, through Tosh and some of the other team as well, in terms of things like music and and culture and creative and arts and things like that being a passion. How much of the business, the business's passions, I suppose, now, or, or the kind of the team's passions are yours from when at the beginning or way back at the beginning, even, versus has it kind of evolved and moved with the the new people that have joined and how the business has transformed?
2: Thank, thankfully, definitely evolved in different <laughs> passions. It depends what, what you were listening says, to early so, days. So, so. Yeah, <laughs> I mean... There was a period where we were the go-to East End rave agency, kind of working with (laughs) Converse, Nike, PlayStation, Red Bull, the likes of those clients, you know, the kind of brands we still work with now. There was a period where we are like, oh, we need to be a bit more grown up here. We looked a bit smarter, but actually that's still such an integral part of what we do and we wouldn't want to ever stop that. You know, I work with Dr. Martins and, you know, brands that are, you know, youth is probably my passion area about, you know, I think we have a responsibility to pass the baton on. So again, I think a lot of the most exciting ideas, thoughts, energy is coming from youth, seeing the world through fresh eyes. So again, that that's still important, but obviously as you know, again, we've just got so many different perspectives and ideas and backgrounds. I think it's really important to have an agency that reflects the exciting cultural world. So again, think about the team makeup and backgrounds. Cause just the ideas get better all there. Or, mm. or sense-checked or drills and stuff. And you do, you know, again, when you're allowing people to bring their magic superpowers, whatever bit of the business they are, we you know we talk about um, talk about people having their, their superpowers, but also their interests and their passions in there as well. So at the moment, it's just some of the most amazing work is some of the guys' pet side hustles and projects they're doing, are doing at the moment. And we or we can use that as a, a platform to promote not only the great work we're doing as an agency, but that, that the individuals are doing, doing as well.
1: Brilliant. And we were doing a bit of reading up and, and know that creativity and things does stem from kind of early on. So the man behind the brand then, Jonathan, Schooling-wise and things like that, what were, what were you like before you got into the industry and, and those kind of interests and things like that? What were they like? Describe yourself almost.
2: I would say equal parts geek and hedonist. I okay. think that's probably, <laughs> probably a good describer there and unashamedly both. You know, painfully shy and introverted. I'm very glad we've got amazing people that I can kind of help and support and guide running in the other agencies or within Amplify. Much happier in that kind of supporting architecting kind of role then there's definitely much better speakers in the business than me but yeah I guess if I take when I went to senior school I was yeah uh, the school squat nickname (laughs) nickname for that like the weird music I spent a lot of time Hiding in the art room, which I was very happy in <laughs> as well. Not particularly sporty, sadly. I got to that very late in life. So, uh, but by the end of the school, it's was, it was kind of different. The the weird music suddenly wasn't weird, and everyone was interested in that. So, like in a time of cassettes, copying the copying the mixes or oh, the cassettes. albums, or or uh, you know, again finding the clubs or the gigs to go to, and finding like rather than be the weird niche thing, everyone going along. So, I. I, I i saw that as a kind of encouragement on the independent independent spirit and then kind of taking the stage further lucky to go to university first for our family which was there and i guess you know still you know very privileged position i think you know it's it's a hard world out there for young people at the moment it's um just in general the gap between those that have and have not just getting yeah. bigger and bigger you know uh, uh, we run a uh, an initiative called Young Blood, which is a big research uh, a film series, and you know, from 2016, where we kicked it off, and it was like young people are so optimistic, you couldn't wait to, for them to take over. And even then, probably not dealt the best hands. And then you get to 2018, and you've had things like Brexit and uh, Grenfell and Trump and things like that. And they're like, yeah, we're kind of we're we'll taking it from here, guys. They're not so collaborative. We're uh, not so trusting. And then you know throw in. Pandemic and kind of cost-of-living crisis, it's tough, tough for young people. So, you know, weaving back, when I went to university, it was an amazing experience for me. I did, you could tell the people that ha, I was in awe of the confidence, the people that maybe from slightly more affluent backgrounds. Despite all the creative stuff, my dad's had to chop off my fingers if I picked up a pencil. They steer me away from the art college route, but I end up doing... Uh, history and politics, which is my other kind of, kind of love and kind of specializing in politics of race and subcultures, which I feel things like Youngblood right. and uh, yeah. those kind of things have come from that route. Obviously, the analysis there that was the academic side that was great and very lucky to have done that. I think the other it was as much the opportunities that I hadn't had, so DJing, running club night. Running the in-house student training, for example, there were a whole load of other things that I got really stuck into, and probably helped me learning how to train other people. I had to overcome my shyness to do that. The you know I hadn't been snowboarding, and worked out you could get free snowball places if you took people. So we set up a snowball club, and I was terrible and still am. But you know again got to do things I maybe hadn't done before. That was a great experience for me. I think now again thinking about where where young people are. And, the cost of university, everyone should have a right to higher education. Mm. University should, isn't one size fits all. I think it should come in lots of different formats. But if I was paying that much for it, I would have just been getting my degree done. I wouldn't, I'm wouldn't. i not getting sidetracked by all these other things. I would have been working even longer in Safeways, now Morrison's, <laughs> to, to, to pay for it. I, I, shout out to Safeways, though. I think I learned as much about life working <laughs> in the supermarket, earning the things and running the warehouse or, or you know again shyness and tills and stuff like that so again it's a it's a mixed experience anyway we need to look after younger people better we
0: do and it's really interesting you said a lot of things in there and it's really interesting how somebody who came from a painfully shy sort of starting point and fit more towards maybe being on the introverted side yeah ended up being quite entrepreneurial running businesses taking people off yeah. snowboarding obviously left an agency to go and start your own yeah. seemingly like i think we could probably do this a little bit better and yeah how do you how do you go from painfully shy to running one of the biggest experiential agencies in in the UK? That's quite a journey. Well,
2: in the world, there creativity. I think that that was I had no burning desire to necessarily run my own thing or do my own thing. However, working at a best of times, worst of times agency where you know there was some great stuff, Orange, which was big there, doing kind of their enjoy music or PlayStation. There you was know, some great stuff there. But it it was. Uh, It was the best of times, worst of times. It was kind of, there were some key things. We were mainly doing youth marketing and culture for that, but why should that just be for young people? The time where... You know, don't get me wrong, I love TV ad, but 30-second spots sort with of the king and everything else was thrown to the other channels. Why can't we come up with big brand ideas that cross, work across multiple channels? Measurement was the, geek, the geeky bit. i was worked out you know, a lot of work pioneering untraditional forms of marketing, which quickly become the traditional brand experience, social, digital. I and mean, Again, we're doing a lot of creative technology, technology at the moment, doing anamorphic. There's the Web3 company. I love pioneering the new stuff, but you also need to take the clients on the journey and do the measurement and reassuring stuff. So there was an opportunity there. We didn't quite know how to. Also, it wasn't that well run. <laughs> it was like we, we didn't necessarily know how to do it, but we definitely thought there was a, a, a better way there. And I, for, for me, it's, uh, it was quite a frustration ultimately why I set it up uh, and was very lucky that things fell in the right place. Uh, met Anton uh, and Neil, whom I? Business partners, a bit older. They'd had different experiences. They believed in me when maybe, maybe I wouldn't uh, wouldn't have believed in myself. So certainly, but actually, at the old agency, quite a f- few of my now business partners worked there. Dan was doing the the PR side of stuff. Now our chief strategy officer, was at, Marcus was Marcus the uh, ADs there. Now our chief client officer, uh, Lee's our um, uh, keeps us all uh, our managing partner. Lee
0: keeps uh, everyone on the straight and yeah, Let's
2: yeah. be honest. So again, we were there. So essentially. <laughs> as as the agency grew, they all took massive pay cuts (laughs) to come and work, you know, and we got the band back together. Marcus, for example, was the first to come over and he was being groomed for an Omnicom agency. He got offered double the amount of money. He's like, no, I'm going to say no. And then when he said no that time, they were going to Mini Cooper, the new Mini Coopers were out that time, show my age there as well. They threw one of those in as well. I was like, dude, you, you know, I it's <laughs> right? you know, you know like, no, no coming. And I'd like to think the calmer in there, because obviously, hopefully, we're all in, enjoying what we're doing a lot more. And, and
0: all still together, which is a yeah, real yeah. testament mm. to that. Yeah. that camaraderie I mean,
2: and that creativity I, and the thing that you've built yeah oh, I, th- I think as we've grown up now and stuff like that you know we, we talk about having uh, family vibes which is a bit of a weird one we've we've now got a head of people and culture and Stacey and she who who's very straight down the line with us and tells us that uh, a nice thing about you know all the, I wouldn't lose that camaraderie and you spend so much time there you know we've grown up together so you, you know again and lots of generations coming through as we've mm. Again, with the family, you still still get some of the occasional bickering, the sibling risk. sibling bickeries, or or competitive and things in it. So definitely the spirit there. Like probably we need to as we we're growing up there. But you know, I've got all the guys that have set up the global offices. For example, have been long time amplifiers. Mm. So um, Gareth, who was our head of production, set up. Australia Absolute in 2018, evidence. yeah, I was just out in Sydney last week with him, uh, Mark and Bonnie doing the LA office, Mark I think has been with us 10 or 11 years, Bonnie's Bonnie was employee number three, she's well, on her third stint at Amplify, comes in threes there as well, <laughs> she'd gone off and done other things, and that's great, I think we've got a lot of that where people are going off and doing other things, and then finally, uh, Nico, our uh, 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 very nickname Lifestyle, a very suave and sophisticated Frenchman has decided to rather than run it from uh, running it for London, setting up Paris and he sat up there and you casual, know, just, yeah. Yeah, just and it out Paris. We, we were lucky to do things like doing a lot of stuff on PlayStation out there, doing Night at the Louvre with Airbnb, mm. just done um, some stuff Moulin Rouge, but again, winning some fairly French, seminal French brands that we're just about to do some Exciting. work with as well. So, yeah, really, yeah, again, it's lovely for me. That's part of the journey seeing. Mm. We've I mean, grown up together, all been massive Berks, but now i people seen people smashing it in what they're doing. So did you actually take
1: the initiative then to start the business or was it a collective?
2: I did. I think, so coming back to the best of times, worst of times. Yeah, I had a follow-up yeah, on that as yeah, well, actually. But... I guess when we are at an agency, without the right briefs and the right relationships and the right clients, you can't do the best work. So again, in that agency, I went out and got a lot of the... I didn't want to work on those clients, so I went out and got my own and and, and that was kind of the guys there as well. So that, that 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 was a big thing. There was actually a recruiter and he was like, Tell me three three places you want to want to interview at and I will give you three wild cards. You'll have to do one for each of those. And I was like, you know, again, I didn't even didn't even occur to me that recruiters worked on commissions. I don't know. I don't know how, how that worked. I was just, oh, it's really nice to set up those interviews and stuff there. But through that process, again, one was to be an MD of a, another agency and take over kind of, kind of take over the role there. Uh, one was a design agency and kind of building out their capabilities. And the last one was um, um, Anton, who's now my business partner, and kind of incubating whatever I wanted to do within within that which was uh, uh, the route there and i think that worked for me because you're defined by the great work you choose to do but also uh defined by the work you choose not to do and i think that having that control i knew the only way we'd really have that control is if kind of kind of did did their own yeah. thing so that was the creative frustration i there and along the way. That, that's been tested there was definitely we're very lucky position now with most of our works inbound long long-term client relationships um, but Guessing those growing years where the first we didn't really launched the brand for until about three years. I think we kept it under a code name for a first year. Then it was amplified with a temporary thing. It didn't even have a website. A website was year three. I think it was a slightly different time, slightly trickier to do websites. I think at that time, in my in our defence <laughs> there ago. as well. But we just built up this client base, and a lot of it was just kind of people we've worked with and doing some great mm. projects. So actually, when we did get around to announcing it ourselves we actually had like some really nice bit of good big, runway. big 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 clients and a, a a great body of work so again it gave us mm. a little bit of space to grow that up anyway the point about that was along the way we launched a big confectory brand which was a really fun one to do again number one sweep rounds round trees random still got a soft spot my kids kids like it when we go in the shops Sarah, that makes me makes me proud anyway we got offered a lot more work from the parent company of that and i'm sure we would have done that work well and delivered it brilliantly, but it was taking us in a slightly, not the, you know, almost the antithesis of where we'd set out to be. And although at that time we could have definitely done (laughs) with the billings and and the money from it, we took the decision that, that, you know, that. Wasn't there and that's something we carry on like you have projects and things we always kind of I do. I'm for that. They've turned yeah. me
0: down loads. of have sent briefs <laughs> and he always says no. Yeah,
2: <laughs> Sorry, brother.
0: I love him yeah. still. He's, he's turned
2: me down loads and that's just dinner and <laughs> things like this. Yeah. this is... <laughs> so again, it's trying. To, it's where we can make a difference. I think that. Mm. That's but I the think thing. it takes yeah. real
0: bravery, doesn't it? Because like you say, especially in those embryonic early phases, to say yes to everything feels na- uh, like uh, a natural yeah, state. I so think, to I say think no now well. maybe
2: we would take on some of those briefs because within the portfolio of what we're doing, I think. We're a broader church, you know, more people, mm. different skill sets, and things in it, and like team would have done. But I think when you've got less work to define yourself, you think carefully about. And a small team again, mm. <laughs> how do you deliver less, less better? And again, that's what you, you get two pitches and we'd do one at those early days and we just focus on one and just do that, mm. just make sure we win, win that one rather than spreading ourselves. Yeah. A bit thinly. I mean, the guys are amazing out there. Obviously doing a <laughs> million ninjas. million. Yeah. We thought we were good before the pandemic. We got very good over the pandemic. Uh, we slightly relaxed our stance and we don't really pitch but we were, we're doing quite well with at uh, the start, uh, start of 2020. Definitely pitched on anything that was going and any opportunity through that, that, that slightly uh, uh, slightly awkward pandemic years you were, through the
1: recruiter, you you know, almost opportunities for like MD role and things. So that's quite big from going into your commercial career, if you like, you know, four or five, six years later, then to be getting those kind of MD opportunities. And you were saying there's obviously for the good and the bad of previous business. I suppose one of those you clearly kind of grew and, and earned your stripes, I suppose, in that. What were some of the kind of the better bits and learnings versus some of the worst? And, and the reason why I ask is sometimes, and personal experience for sure, is is that actually you almost learn more from the ways of not to do things or yeah. sometimes those examples of going, right, well, we'll do it that way, but it's definitely not the right a, way or the better a, way. A, a, and
2: we're always honing our art and science. For sure. We're always striving to be better and take those references like we Quite well against the bigger agencies. Actually, I think where it's exciting is when you look at the kind of smaller agencies coming through. That for me is where I look to for again the youth, probably the, the youth thing again in a different manifestation than when you see the young bucks coming through. And again, that 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 that's where you know, looking at things differently, and again, why we need to have a real board team and stuff like that. Yeah, in many ways, it amplifies emulating the best bits about some of the last agency, which was about kind of early cursor about using experience as a comms platform and using culture there, but in many ways trying to right the wrongs on yeah. You know, yeah. Definitely sh- you're shaped by your experiences good and bad. Or often a bad <laughs> Can be a more powerful, I think, maybe than a good experience because, yeah, a good experience, you're emulating it, a bad experience, you're trying to rally against it. And again, when we've, that's a, us as an agency level, where you've got individuals coming in and they've enjoyed some things and didn't like doing it this way, and if we can yeah. try and create a space to do it, or it's you know, as you try new things that the generally people know what they do, you know, what they're how to make a success of things, sometimes it's a bit guiding and thinking, or get a few more heads on things, but process for someone that's creatively different driven uh, process is quite a key thing and de- uh, something we always look at and I um, my dad was a graphic designer and, uh, and my mum was a legal executive and I think <laughs> I think that's where we got the two the two two sides uh, you know the left brain right brain type thing for me I think again I don't want to over process things or bu- make things bureaucratic and you can just turn into a production line and that's definitely not the, the right way but if you get good processes in place, it kind of can you know, the firefighting, the stress and stuff, and that's where we're always looking. So, again, that's why you, you've got to have lots of different minds and different perspectives, mm. perspectives to do it. It should help things. But I, I guess when you see sometimes the bigger agencies they you know, making, we're still relatively small. It's easier, you know, we can be really nimble, agile teams. And I think that, you know, definitely over the particularly... From Q1 2020 onwards, that's become even more powerful. Powerful. It's interesting
0: Mm. because over your career, obviously, you've spanned a lot of different kind of challenges, as we all have. We're all sitting here, sort of similar age, similar style, going through recessions. yeah max is a bit younger very much. <laughs> i know i have to keep checking his passport because i'm like hey, oh, how young the gray hair is detective
1: i promise <laughs> That's children. it was a very uphill um, <laughs> paper round it was really hard but obviously it's a forged passport.
0: as an as an individual working in a company and then somebody running a company facing yeah. those challenges there are some things that you approach probably yeah. quite different so what would you say has been one of the the biggest learnings or challenges that you faced and how have you how have you handled that
2: so, we're always people first that's you know we're only as good as the talented individuals that choose to call Amplify Home. People have a choice how they spend their time and energy, and you know we're grateful for when people spend it with us and what's nice is lots of those have, a, have fairly long careers because we've grown and evolved you know we're only as good as we fulfill their ambitions and vice versa and we've you know new offices, new departments, new areas that hopefully that gives people the chance to to grow and evolve, I guess probably if you talk about challenges, the pandemic, very quickly, as we all remember, it's like kicked in and everyone's being packed off. I remember phoning up G in the Sydney office, obviously morning and night, and explaining things like an abstract concept, and by the time we woke up the next morning, it kicked in there as well. It was, you know People forget how quickly it all kicked in. I think we took a decision very quickly. We built up this amazing team and squad. Uh, we were lucky we kept a lot of the... The profits, the majority of the profits, were kept in the business, so we didn't made investments. But we have had that there, and we knew. I guess no one thought at that time it was going to last quite as well, long. It'll be done by September. Yeah. But, <laughs> but we made a statement. uh I think on first of April, I think it was that we, you know, <laughs> that we were we weren't going to make any redundancies. We were going to keep everyone on, and that was even people that had only actually started that week, which I think relaxed everyone. They saw that, and we the comms over com we were very clear with the comms and i think as a leadership team when everything's going well we've you know we spent a lot of time together um the uk management team being really key key in that as well when you're doing things well it's divide and conquer because you, you know what you're doing i think it was one of those things where we all came together <laughs> again which we hadn't done for a while and it whilst for lots of reasons no one wanted the pandemic actually as a it, it it, it was kind of an amazing, in stark contrast, it was an amazing experience. you reminded by all uh, the partners. The, at every level, everyone brought their A game because we made those statements. We you know it wasn't fair. Like we did have some, particularly in the Stratton creative team, they were sprinting, sprinting a marathon <laughs> on there, again, knocking these things out, I was working with Tosh and the other partners, kind of getting the other opportunities in. Meanwhile, the live team were doing more shoots and doing other things in there as well. You know, we just bonded and we did try to be calm and reassuring voice, did lots of webinars, tried to guide our existing clients, actually won a lot of new clients along the way. So whilst, you know, 2020 wasn't the year that Q1 had promised, and actually, 2021 took a while to build out. We actually ended up doing amazing, lots of global broadcasts. We did the PlayStation 5 global launch, which was amazing. Particularly, would have been amazing anyway, but it was amazing when, when uh, I think I think it was uh, 25 cities, and all of them were in lockdown. So we were shooting, doing the shooting, those editing, them, and getting them out on social channels. And it, 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 for me, a creative, again, when you have those challenges, I was looking out in Sydney last week and looking at some of the work. Australia did, and again, really innovative work because you had these new constraints. In anyway, with the people, I guess everyone just the bonds built. And as we've emerged out of that, you know, we've got we've built up again. We we're lucky, we commercially and as a team, mm. we doubled in size since twenty twenty. So we kept all our superstars on we've managed to get lots more superstars i think karma in there i think hopefully new Biz karma team karma in there as well so um again as i said said the the probably part of that was all the other areas that we'd invested in suddenly were more, so more important mm-hmm. so whilst live was on hold the, all the other areas growing. And probably the view of ex- our take on experience which has always been more about on always on relationship rather than a just a you know a pop up or a tactical activation which are yeah. you no know, part of the mix in it we we think about that longer term relationship it allowed us to do things in a different way and i think for us as strategists and creatives it's more exciting and i think that's carried through i think as things go back I think we there we're trying to keep pioneering and pushing in yeah. different areas as well we're just about to launch a, a new initiative called World building uh, which is all about the evolution of brand building i think that that for us is so exciting it reflects where our work is going um, and where where it's got to and where it's going as well so again there's a number of thoughts there we we work on a lot of brands where it's brands that have been behind the screens a lot of the big kind of tech companies and suddenly how do they behave behave when beyond that so a lot of brand guidelines are quite 2d and static and Mm. quite uh almost don't
0: know what you mean telling
2: you telling you that actually the world is actually Real 3D fast moving and co-authored with the with the fan base. So that was one of the one of the key points. So, so we kind of got work there again. The advances in technology, consumers have been offered different choices. How do you build a brand that can kind of lean into those as well? And then on top of that, you know, the advances in technology. A lot of the web 3 and AI stuff, you we need to think cleverer how we build mm. those brands, and I think for me that's that's been particularly exciting because obviously we're lucky to work with PlayStation, Activision, Fortnite, the gaming companies, the, the Netflixes, uh, Prime Video, Apple, where you've got big IPs, but a lot of brands, you know, Nike have built all their IPs, and again, thinking about how how we build that as well. So again, that's taking us in a really interesting Mm -hmm. direction. So you you mentioned in
1: your letter about being positive or or positivity being quite important and things like that for you. Being honest in terms of the pandemic then, obviously you've mentioned how as a business, you're well set up and you adapted quickly things. How hard for it realistically and for you, I suppose, as a CEO and and as a kind of a global head, how tough was that leading from the front? But in a, I suppose, a time when you had no idea quite the extent of what was
2: happening. Again...
1: Even with your glass half full. Yeah,
2: yeah no, I, it was just about getting, getting the team through on what we built. So there was a job to do. So maybe there was a bit of a, a week of adjusting <laughs> uh, and redoing the plans. Did you're going to have was... your quiet
1: spot in the house where you just. I took... mean, I
2: was doing, you know, Gareth. Gareth runs the Australian office, who was, again, when we set that up, our first international office through that period. He was my first call in the morning and my last call at night. Again, he was my first call in the morning and last call at night as we were doing fairly long days. It was quite punishing. I Cerebrally, quite, you know, it, was a, it was a different way to use creativity and solve that. I think we just had a responsibility to the team. I think that, that was key. And, and then quickly seeing it, the challenges and opportunities, mm. the, the other, you know, very quickly... We, we were doing these amazing global broadcasts, and we shot a TVC for Mitsubishi in America. You know, again, not necessarily. You know, we, we've kind of gone the other the other way into TVCs rather than mm. the, the the traditional. I've, we've just got a campaign that's about to come out where the whole campaign and the byproducts are TVC, and I think that's quite a nice oh, metaphor for for where Amplifies going. But it, it, you know, again, period of adjusting, but. Yeah. And have you, you had you people a... to
0: guide you through that process? Because I think a lot of the time people assume once you're the top of a business and you kind of know it all. And but have you got people that you turn to? And did you turn to those people uh, through that time for advice or guidance? Yeah.
2: So yeah, obviously, as Amplify has grown, partners have come on board, the 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 kind of management teams in all the territories come on, and they obviously played a key role. So we were all supporting guiding, but I would say everyone. At every level kind of had a role in role in that as well i think it was as a hard time for the industry i think again everyone rallied round, supported one another and again i said it was undemocratic some some agencies hit harder the supply chain really badly hit, you know that that, that that's the uh, the big victi- you know i think the real victims there as well so i think i think again but a lot of it common sense and that's when you bring your A game and being vaguely useful, I think. And the rest of the time, go back to being cheerleader, but that was time where you kind of kind of had to do that. Yeah, so it was a, a joint effort.
1: So if you've not then, well, I suppose you've had samples of varying different guises and things, but flipping that or, or perhaps asking it a different way, is is that has there been anyone that's inspired you then or, or you looked up to or or even had then as a mentor throughout that kind of journey? I mean, it I, seems incredible I, yeah. that you have gone on this journey and yeah and you know,
2: there's lots of people who inspire me and i can wax lyrical <laughs> about those guided that uh guided that journey i guess as well as the kind of the partners in amplify in general and the, the leadership teams uh anton and neil anton who's the chair role and neil who's a cfo and kind of again when i left the last place i definitely wanted to be with people i respected that were good kind i respected out of work as much as inside work i think again balance and i can see they were good guys successful mm. and obviously that they have been very good with me and the other partners are clearing stuff out the way so we could get on with making the work creative and that side of stuff and so you know, near neil the cfo was very important suddenly we were slightly you know, working I, I was i was you know working with Seed or Australia as we were trying to look after them and guide, you know, I was doing number stuff. That's, crikey, that's a, a worrying thought as well. We were all kind of rallying around. But those two, uh, you know, again, everyone bought their A game, but the calm and the smarts, uh, uh, they're a bit older as well. They have a bit more experience as well. When I was going through that courting period and being introducing, you get lots of offers and people playing smoke and all that kind of, kind of stuff. The nice thing when I met Anton was obviously a very successful man, ran big integrated agencies. He'd just tell me about all the things that hadn't gone quite so well. The double-sided uh, team, the space in uh, in Covent Garden in his last agency, and then there was a fire, but they hadn't changed the insurance. He, he would go through all these other things, and the nice thing is everyone's going to make mistakes, and he was almost like, I could see he's clearly successful, but actually, if I can avoid repeating some of those mistakes there yeah. and I make plenty on my, plenty on my own. So we've quite, uh, that's something we still try and do now. We're definitely when we're chatting to other agencies that may be coming in or other thoughts and not pretending we've got all the answers. Often they've got better things than us. But again, if we can share f- recipes for success, but also bits that haven't gone so well, you know, that helps collectively, that stronger together, better together kind of mentality, sharing those, sharing those ideas and influences.
0: Big yeah. up Anton and Neil. Yes, yeah, so,
2: exactly.
0: So whilst I'm desperately wanting to ask you all your mistakes, we're not going to ask you to um reveal all your yeah. um all, all your challenges. So I'm gonna change Tack because I can see Max is thinking exactly the same question is him in his head, going, Oh, tell us all the challenges. But obviously, you as a parent, yeah. how has that shaped your view of running an agency and has that changed yeah. the way that you approach work and stuff with your two gorgeous little ones running around?
2: Yeah, uh, definitely, you know, as a adds a different context on things as well. Um so maybe back, so when we started Amfly, uh, and, uh, Anton and Neil had kids. Uh, and then Lee, who was at the last agency, he would been there. He'd had a kid at the last agency, but he was the only one. So at that time, and we thought we were so sympathetic and helpful and <laughs> doing stuff, but obviously limited frames of referencing, none of us being parents before as well. So I remember six months into having Milo, who's my eldest, now 10, basically going up to Lee and going, I'm really sorry. We will, we will try <laughs> to be really helpful and, yeah, and in there. And I think, um, again, as we've grown up as an agency, and that's nice because you see, for me, that's the privilege. You get to see people, you know, getting their flats, engaged, and, you know, there, for, there to hopefully support through some of the not-so-good stuff. But obviously there's all these kind of key moments and stuff in there and obviously kids, kids being one of them. I think, again, it just... It, it, it changed the chats <laughs> changed the chats on a on a Monday morning about sleepless weekends and I, I think I definitely uh, from about the age of 16 I didn't go to bed most weekends and uh I thought how, how tricky.
0: training how tricky Perfect can this training. be oh I've clearly
2: clearly <laughs> I was using the working week to recover in between because the cumulative <laughs> effect there so I, I guess I guess the sleep you know again the Monday chats it's the sleepless weekend. some because you know not always the younger people, sometimes the older people occasionally kind of do it, you know, they've been out having, having fun as they sh- should and then there's the other half that have um, that have had the sleepless weekends because of, of, of little people. Um, that's nice because I think we had 13... Babies in uh, I 2020, said 13. 2021. 13. I was like, oh my god, there's yeah. a lot I didn't know yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. I was like, there's two <laughs> girls so I was a I'm, busy not, boy. I'm not Boris Johnson. This is there, was a, <laughs> there, was a, there was a yeah. So th- I think we had one a month every at least one a month wow. every month uh, for for up until October or something like that. So clearly, clearly the pandemic people got busy, but there's just so many more parents that are sharing their kind of experiences. We've obviously got better at our policies. That was one of the first things we looked at coming out of pandemic. What was good five years ago definitely wasn't good, and we're a bigger agency, able to do more things. So again, hopefully we're better, whether you're a parent, you're new into your career, you've just got more reference points in there as well. So definitely, uh, definitely try to do that. For me, it's possibly put a balance in there, you know, Less on my own devices, particularly my thirty. I didn't particularly, particularly travel well with work. But I didn't particularly go on holiday. I was just really into work, uh, or <laughs> work, or work, or raving, or or, or, or culture. That were the, that was the things there. And I think obviously for me, it's added a lovely perspective. Jobs. I actually just wrote the wrote wrote the intro to the the world building book that we're just gonna do, and uh, it's, got, it's got a reference to my talking about how people explore in worlds. Mine's very music related. My partner's more about kind of. Keep fit and Peloton on that side of stuff, but uh, they were very pleased to be name checked. my Milo, because of finding amazing creatures on Pokemon Go or Fortnite <laughs> or beating me at FIFA, which I'm terrible at gaming, so very easy to thrash me. I ended up in goal virtually as well as ending up in goal when I, as was, a, kid, was, it, well, I was a school kid. I was not quite how that's <laughs> happened. Actually, quite good on goal in FIFA, but not 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 so good in real life. And then my daughter, who's always crafting and making things, so watching YouTube and stuff. Anyway, it's just really, you know, Having, I've gone on about youth and stuff, but looking through things through a child's eyes—that's really important. We kind of, as we grow grow older we kind of lose that magic and I think you know, particularly around creatives and stuff it's really important we kind of you know, there's so much happening in the world here and it's just trying to sometimes simplify it down or look at fresh eyes and And you know what you
0: you mentioned something in the letter that was really lovely about the sense of play and never losing that because that would be a mistake and and you really see that actually come through in a lot of amplifiers work that we've seen over the years like the Louvre and recently the Lego playground that you guys did over in America that sense of fun and play is really present I'm going to add kindness to that as well because
1: as people who do know you, it's, you know, you might have this, perhaps, thought of what a global CEO might look like and you're almost the polar opposite of someone that's quite humble, kind,
2: playful to the extent... I think most people are nice, aren't they? I've got to believe wow. most people are good. Wow. And even if, no, you so, no, you don't always know the background of what people are going through. So I, I, I try and, you know, again, see the best in stuff, best in people and try and, you know, there's definitely times where I've doubted myself and people believe in you and I'm not saying everyone that I believe in has always kind of gone right but definitely you know nine times out of ten and it's just you get to see people you know whether it's in Amplify or Amplify alumni and where they're going off and doing other things that that that, that that's pretty special or clients or, yeah. or you know I feel very privileged to do a, a job but I enjoy that links back some beliefs and passions and you know even on a trickier day never never ungrateful for that
1: well kind of as and then you've kind of answered it already as well but i was going to say peeling back and i suppose the amplified brand is to, is to jonathan as to, to kind of why do you do it why do you kind of get up and have that drive and you know and, and still chase it
2: who else let me let me us make as many things in there as well so again there's obviously you know, whether it's direct, still very involved. Amplify um, key initiatives. Uh, occasionally add a useful comment on work and things like that. Uh, probably probably have some rolling of rolling of the eyes of the studio, or the strat when I'm trying to be useful and stuff on there as well. But uh, yeah, I, I still feel very in touch. Get to work with a lot of creative communities, talent, things that things that naturally patronise. That's one thing. What happened? The difference in children pre having children. I I could draw. I could be in an Uber around Shoreditch or whatever, and I would know every artist on the on only of the fly posters or what going around, and then probably a little bit into it. I couldn't, couldn't recognize some of the ones on the bottom. and uh, then it got to the point where some of the headliners I wasn't quite, quite knowing there as well. That, that, that was quite humbling, so I, obviously music's still an obsession of mine there as well. so I tried to tried to keep a hand in there as well. But again, it's, yeah, it's uh, you know every every kind of group generation subculture having their own music trends and we moved away from dalston but i was saying my partner's going it's not as though you're going to the nest with the 23 year olds oh, well, i just like to <laughs> feel and know it's there you know clearly obviously will be just a bit, case, a bit weird, weird and stuff like the energy is it, it, you it's a reciprocal thing isn't it and if you get all the energies together and in the right things amazing things can happen i think
1: mm. With that, and, and referring back to the letter then and, and the crux of the conversation, I suppose, or, or the climax, if you will, is you have led a, you know, a brilliant, interesting kind of life, upbringing, career and, and doing incredibly I'm well. i about to die.
2: About, is it going to stop now? Like, uh, <laughs> goodbye, Jonathan. <laughs> I was hoping I might have a bit more fun before <laughs> well, ta- uh, tapping we should, out. We should
0: qualify
1: to date. To date, exactly. So... If you were to and, and there's a bigger question to follow, but but give yourself any reminders or or you know if you yeah. were to kind of any key points and when would those key points be that you would have a little word with yourself and what would you be saying to yourself in that kind of career journey that you've had?
2: Probably it's about time, energy is the key thing. Time is the most precious commodity use it wisely think about who you spend it with how you're spending it and there as as well i I think it's easy with hindsight some of the things you spent i don't wouldn't change anything some of the things you spent your time on possibly later on in life you 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 kind of think carefully as long as you're thinking about it you're not going to get everything right i think that's important the people you surround yourself with and choose not to surround yourself Mm. with that was probably a a lesson i I learned there and then yeah the, the energy thing uh is important and uh client agency world often we're thinking about time and things are judged on time or timesheets and things like that and actually it's on outputs and thinking about the bigger bigger things and I think that's really important when we think about KPIs and behavior shifts those out, outcomes are really important and again go back to Neil he, there was one thing uh, I've heard it a lot since so I don't think he's got uh, exclusivity on it but he was first any he, he you know he obviously very clever man financially astute and stuff and i think he was challenged once <laughs> about doing something and he was like well it's taking me th- why did you know it only took you that long it's like it took me 30 years for it only to take me five minutes and that that kind of kind of use of yeah. energy there i think the other other areas are probably about trusting your gut and i think you, you know, maybe this is about being too serious sometimes and Overruling that gut thing. I'm not saying my gut has got it right every time, and there's definitely examples I haven't, but definitely every time I've tried to overrule my gut or be oversensible doing something, it hasn't worked out. So I think you should if something's there, you know, mm. you might not have the answer there, but listen, listen to that and have confidence in that. Hopefully you'll know at the right moment. And then probably the last bit's about karma and passing the baton on. And I think um whether you believe in karma or not. Isn't it a nicer way to live things? I think, again, I've been lucky people, you know, move from pink mohawk and frustrated Creators to to being slightly older now and uh, less mohawk and stuff there, move that creator to facilitator, but passing the baton on. And, you know, also with Elevate, you have obviously you've got senior people and you've got people, you know, Mm. people there. And I think it's a very reciprocal thing in there as well, you know, that it's not just the younger people learning. From the older people, they can guide and do it, but it's really enriching for 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 you know the older people within the mix as well. And again, and seeing the (laughs) staff and talking and sharing and stimulating, and you know again just making sure you've got lots of points of reference to make sure your thoughts, you're bouncing around ideas that kind of keep your mind nimble. There as well, yeah. So definitely, you
1: mentioned kind of three or four there, and I know you referenced some of those in the letter as well. If you were to pick a moment in time in your career to hear certain things, if you like, or or whether it's age or whether it's actually kind of moment related, would there be any standout moments for you?
2: Not not one moment, but I've been like, you need people again maybe it's into the surrounding yourself by the right kind of people and that's outside work Mm. outside work inside work i'm very lucky that a lot of my friends either previously and they're all since are in work and stuff and some people don't want to work with their mates and stuff there's probably some i shouldn't work with you know you shouldn't do but when you can get that kind of camaraderie it's right and people looking at one another i think the times we all get a bit into things sometimes or something you know it's hard to see the wood from the trees and i think is the points that would be important is like whether it's your partner or your colleagues or whatever helping you helping pull your head out when you're you're getting a bit deep in and things like that and again particularly the last three years and mm. you know carry on to cost of living crisis there everyone's going through all their you don't know what challenges and stresses. keeping your eye out for mm. people and making sure people can talk and share and vice versa in there as well so I think it's probably yeah probably come back looking out be kind look out for one another and I think that that's the genuine thing and sometimes you're the kindness giver and sometimes you'll be the kindness receiver
1: yeah Yeah. so that then brings us nicely on to the last question which is the big one and is the structure and crux of this whole conversation so what's that one piece of advice that is so good or so bad that you need to pass it on
2: yeah I think it's it is the Time is your the most precious commodity. You only get to use it once. <laughs> you know, think think about yeah. You know, just make sure you're thinking about enjoying it. Yeah. Thinking about it and making them. You know, getting involved, making making your opportunities. It, uh, I think um, everyone there's an element of luck and being in the right place, but you can do. You know, I think put positive vibes out and hopefully some of those will come back as well. So yeah, d- definitely about use your time wisely. Brilliant.
0: Thank brilliant.
2: you so much, Jonathan. Okay. Thank you. What a conversation of positivity. Hey? Yeah, honestly. I think well. there's
0: so many nuggets of gold in there for people to take away from. And I think it's just brilliant to hear the story behind you yeah. know, such a successful agency and the people that made it. And, and you know, in the spirit of what we've done, like some of those learning, some of the journey and and... It's just been wonderful to hear some of the things you shared about passing on and the spirit yeah. of Amplify, so well, thank it's, you. I think
2: it's similar to, you know, it's the same spirit as Elevate, isn't it? Yeah. Pass, passing the baton on and sharing those as well, so uh, uh, like minds.
0: Brilliant. Like thanks minds. Thank thanks you for joining so much. Us. <laughs> right,
2: thank you.
1: What an incredible conversation that was, right?
0: Oh, my God. Do you know what's really lovely? Because we both know Jonathan so well and been fortunate enough to know him for so long, you, you sort of take it for granted what a lovely guy he is, and, and I think people that... listening I hope they understand like he's been the same for 15-20 years like that authenticity and that sense of curiosity and creativity and his love of people has never changed actually and even getting to the top of Amplify and Amplify being the agency they are it's exactly that same ethos is exactly the same character as he was when I first met him quite a few years ago
1: yeah and it's the same really for that whole kind of passion point and obviously creative and music and culture and and youth being that first kind of role and, and business that he was in all the way through then to now. And, and it echoes in everything that he was saying. What I found really interesting as well is in some of those moments where perhaps it was a bit tougher or didn't know is that there were some key people for him that have always been there. And amazingly, what, 15, 20 years later, still those same people and pillars, really, that he kind of relies on and, and talks to and looks for advice. And do you know what I,
0: I really loved is that, because I think knowing most event profs, and I hold my hands up, I'm the same, being such control freaks, being able to curate the work and be able to sort of offer guidance and support, but know when to step back and being able to facilitate a space for others. I think that that's such a lesson for so mm. many leaders out there and it's one that I struggle with probably on a daily basis of what's the right balance and yeah. how do you make sure that the works remains to the quality you expect but like you said like not having a house style so yeah, you, you have the freedom and creativity to be truly pioneering and do different stuff and I thought that was definitely, I'm going to take that away and, and big bold letters in my diary for sure.
1: But doing that at scale, because oh. that's the challenge, right? When it's in a smaller boutique business and agency, it's, it's easy, you're owning and you're controlling what you see. You've then potentially got five tiers of management in between some of the younger creatives that he mentioned, those more disruptive maverick type creatives as well. So I think that's amazing. And, and lastly, for me, it was, it was some of those takeaways, those bits of advice, and he had loads of it. Really, really good stuff even if we asked for one, but he came up with all of the good ones, where he was saying about that, that time piece being so important, but but the authenticity and passion about doing what you believe in saying no. Yeah, and having the courage leaning into the discomfort sometimes of having the courage to say no to the right things if it doesn't feel right. In and that gut. must have been
0: so hard right early on. I mean, you you know, you're building your own business as well. Like, the the need for that financial security and stability Mm. it must have been almost easier to say yes at that point And, and interestingly he was like no that it's easier now because at that time it was about staying true to who you were I think so much of what I took out is in him writing back to his younger self and thinking about the things that really inspired him there was so much of him that stayed true. So even becoming sort of CEO and running a company, so much of that ethos and and his vulnerability Mm. and stuff has remained. And I thought that was a really interesting point. And I loved, obviously, he's a massive Elevate supporter and we'd be remiss not to bring it back to Elevate. But this real sense of him trying to create a space and pass the baton on. I mean, we talk about sending the elevator back down, which is why we're called Elevate, but that sense of passing the baton on. And I loved that he was thinking about that, not just in terms of his agency and his space, but for the industry and how excited he was by some of the sort of new starters and the new entrants mixing things up. And I thought that was really inspiring and something perhaps that people wouldn't necessarily um, imagine that a CEO would be in this space. I
1: agree. And the last point for me is on that, is is that the unexpected is is that he is an out-and-out extrovert. He, not extrovert, sorry, the opposite,
0: (laughs) an introvert.
1: Yeah. And, and, and with that, I think we have, or perhaps, you know, we have as an audience and, and the event professional communities thinking that it's it's extrovert, overly confident, you know, out there, kind of big personal brands that are the ones defining and, and refining what success looks like and things. And it doesn't have to be like that. And And it has, in my mind what I defined as a successful CEO kind of reshaped what that looks like and the characteristics of who it is that takes to make a successful business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that finally for me, that that piece of surrounding yourself with people, like, mm. he's, he, like being humble enough to know where you're strong and where you need to rely on other people or bring other people in and, and celebrating their success, you know, I joked about the pom-poms, but yeah. Jonathan is actually a brilliant cheerleader for so many yeah. people in not just his agency, but the industry. And I think that's a really Lovely qualities. So there was just so much to take away from that yeah. conversation. What a brilliant, brilliant hour. I could have talked all day.
1: Yeah, tell me about <laughs> it. <laughs> Elevate operates thanks to the generosity of our partners and supporters. To find out more about them, you can check them out via our website, elevateme.co. Together, we're changing lives, careers, and the events industry for the better.
0: This podcast was powered by Wonder, the independent specialist, creative, business-to-business and business-to-employee events agency. And a huge thanks goes to our producer and fellow team elevator, Pete Kerwood.